Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assist for me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! This podcast is all over social media, so follow us on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod, Instagram at Beltway underscore sports underscore bros underscore podcast. Also, the Facebook group, just search Beltway Sports Bros Podcast. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. There's a podcast player right on the front page. If someone you know doesn't want to or know how to download a podcast app or even knows what a podcast is, just tell them to go to the website and hit play. Simple as that. Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Hey, just a friendly reminder before we get started, please rate, review, and subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a really huge help to us, so it's a five-star rating would always be nice, of course, and Always appreciated. Maybe a three-second blurb about why you like our show or why you hate us. But at least as long as you do the five-star, we're good. It'll take you a total of 30 seconds, so please do that. Also, check us out on the Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and of course, the DMV region. Download the DC Podcast app to hear all the Empire shows, as well as the other great content that's on there. Noel, have you downloaded the DC app yet? I got it, man. I got it. It's great. Honestly, I didn't know about it before we were on it. I guess that's all that matters anyway. Well, it's relatively new. I didn't think you knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about it either. But yes, I do have it. And uh, I've had some fun with it, actually. It's good. Yeah. Check it out. So, Noel, how was your weekend? It was good. It was full. And we won our final soccer game, which was good. Congratulations. And the season on a high note. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Did you call mom? Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. we had a nice chat. A little FaceTime? A little FaceTime. A little <laughs> FaceTime. Yes, of course. I mean, it's Mother's Day, for God's sakes. You got to you gotta pull Mine out. Mine was pause. Mother's Night. I called her at about nine o'clock. I, um, Man, to the bitter end, huh? Yeah, that's how I work, you know? <laughs> I make him sweat it out. Yeah, yeah. Is he going <laughs> to call? Is he going to FaceTime? No, but also happy birthday to Ryan. Oh, yes. He's 12 today. Happy birthday, Ryan. Yeah. Is 12? No, it's not preteen, right? Or it is preteen? Well, of course, it's preteen. Preteen. Yeah, yeah, okay. There you go. Well, he's a preteener. That's pretty much it. I had a happy birthday, weekend. Ryan. <laughs> I haven't heard that voice cracking yet. It's coming. I don't think we went through that. Well, you or me or both? Both. Huh. I had a couple instances. I was a little whiny at the beginning and then boom, went to radio voice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when I was I, probably middle school and I raised my hand, said something to the teacher. My voice cracked so bad and everybody awesome. laughed at me. But that's that really so the only thing. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was, and I was like, fuck you guys. <laughs> You're all good the same shit. <laughs> you're gonna make fun of me it's like i shit my pants or something you know in the middle of class hey it's better to make fun of somebody else than yourself man yeah well, I, I do that all the time on this show it's a good point it's <laughs> a good point hopefully it makes you feel better it does every huh. single time i get off i'm like ah 
So yeah. nice. It's like a cleansing. <laughs> well, that explains so much. But one other thing I did stumble on, Matt, hmm. and um, not to be a downer or anything, but Vice is coming out with an eight-part series about the DC Sniper. It looks like it's going to be really good. Oh, that should be good. Yeah. Hopefully it's better yeah. than the uh, Lifetime movie or whatever they, they came out with. Like, oh, Rock. my God. Well, no, this Do you is... remember Rock was like the, the police officer or whatever? Yeah, like, yeah. So How bad. How far he's come. Holy shit, huh? Well, that was like right after Rock, I think, like the show. And then he didn't know what else to do. So there was like, well, oh, you... that Rock. Not the Rock. <laughs> Rock. No, Rock, the guy who was uh, oh, uh, Rock, Rudy Rock, yeah. and everything. The you know? OG Rock. Yeah, the old yeah, Rock. Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> that was so fucking hokey. But it, well, I mean, man, Vice does I, a great job because they, I know you don't like to talk about wrestling, but they do the um, <sighs> the dark side of the ring, which yeah, I've told yeah. you to watch. It's awesome. I did. I watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of the uh, Stone Cold one. No, no, no. no. I you're, just, you're, you're all off here. Stone Cold's not dead. The dark side of the ring are bad things that have happened. What's the documentary series that they're doing with Stone Cold and all those other guys? Roddy Piper. That's a That's a biography. All right. Can you give me a little something that I, I took time out of my day <laughs> to watch that shit? Yeah. Well, great job. All right. I just watched the wrong one sorry i'm not wasting my time with two that's for damn sure well these are actually way more interesting but anyway go ahead <laughs> but the dc sniper thing i can't believe it's been that long i mean 2002 going back and thinking about it when pop had pop we call our dad pop yes he had a barber shop at white flint mall and he had a barber shop at montgomery mall mm-hmm. and i remember i was at the shell station where the sniper hit the day before he did it, I was on my way to pop shop to go get a haircut. And I stopped at that shell station to get gas the day before it happened. It was a crazy time in the district at that point. Yeah. I remember mom told me to stay at West Virginia because that's where I was that year. She always wanted me to come home like once every three weeks or so. She was like, do not come anywhere close to this area right now. So I I wasn't really in the midst of all of it. I just kind of kept getting updates. It was crazy, especially Montgomery County. It was like it was right in our backyard there. Horrifying. Yeah. So I've got a DVR and I'll I'll be watching it up. Hmm. Any little reminders about DC Sniper and And the good old days. Not not necessarily reminisce, but watch something local. There it is. Yeah. Well, glad we can pump our own gas these days, you know. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, later on in the show, we're going to have a different kind of guest on, Noel. Uh, we have Washington football team 2020 fan of the year, Joshua Strawn. Nice. Yeah. Man, he was crazy on that. Uh, I think he did the fourth round pick and little moonwalk across. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to have him on. Yeah. Uh, due to copyright issues, we're not allowed to put it up. But if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's, yeah, it's one of the better announcements of all of them. Rich Eisen loved it. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Love making fun of it, at least. I'm not sure. (laughs) If nothing else. But uh, really good guys to check that out. But first, we're going to talk about the Wiz. The Wiz. Yeah, so last night against Atlanta, Russell Westbrook had 28 points, 21 assists, 13 rebounds. Just another typical day for old Russ. Another day at the office. But the big news was that he officially broke Oscar Robertson's triple-double record with 182 over his career. So congratulations to Russ. Golf clap. Uh, Westbrook has had 36 triple doubles this season, and 26 of those coming in the last 31 games, Noel. Yeah. A little run. No, here. he's had a lot of accolades, and he was player of the week this last week. So he, you're right. He's, he's been doing a lot. Hey, I've been harder on him than anybody, you yeah, know, about his well play and everything else at times. He's been busting it, man. Over the last month ish, he has been killing it. This last month kind of reminds me of like Clinton Portis in that one year on the run to the playoffs. 
Yeah, the five straight. Yeah, the five straight. He just kind of puts him on his... He was just following Mike Sellers. Right. He just ground and pound, man, and just let's get there. He's really willed this team in a lot of games to come back. Beal is Beal, but I've used this example before. Beal reminds me of like the diva wide receiver, you know, that gets his points. He does what he needs to do, spectacular plays, and Westbrook's kind of that ground pound running back. He does what he needs to do. It's a good analogy, Noel. Thanks. Good analogy. Yeah. So um, in case you didn't know, this team has gone 18 and 13 during that stretch of 31 games. Going back to last night's game, though, against Atlanta without Bradley Beal, who, in case you haven't heard, is he strained his hamstring over the weekend in an overtime win against the Pacers, expected to miss the next two games at the very least, probably the rest of the regular season. Those hamstring injuries can be a little tricky, but hopefully he heals quickly. The Wiz came storming back from 19 down in the fourth to come back within one, but Westbrook missed a three. Horrendous shot, by the way. And they lost yet another one-point game, 125 to 124. I think they've lost uh, the last four games. They've lost a total of like six Six points. Six points, yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. And every game has been a battle. Hey, this team has been fighting, man. It's not just Westbrook and Beal. It's not. I mean, Neto has been playing well. Gafford, when he gets to play, has been playing immensely on the defensive side of the ball. He's a great matchup. He can play three different spots. They have pieces here in order to get to the playoffs at the very least. How they'll perform (laughs) in the playoffs, that remains to be seen. But this team is playing at a high level right now. There's no doubt about it. Can they be better? Can they be... Uh, more formidable with other pieces that they have, like Rui, Bertans, which can score the ball as well. Yes, but right now, they're doing what they need to do. Yeah, so they dropped down to 10th after this loss. They were half a game up on the Pacers after that huge win, but now they're back down to 10 and then play Atlanta again coming up. So not having Beal is a huge loss, obviously, I don't need to say that. But, you know, they kind of picked it up elsewhere. It was kind of a team effort when it came to at least compensating for Beal's scoring loss there. But yeah, Westbrook basically, as expected, put the team on his back and just came up a little short. But, you know, Noel, I, I know you are you were staunchly against this trade, obviously, at the beginning of the season. Have you softened up a little bit on our friend Russell Westbrook? Yes, absolutely. I always liked Westbrook. I didn't like the trade. That was the issue. And I didn't like the manner in which it happened. So yes, do I think that he's played well? Absolutely. Do I think that he is the biggest catalyst for why they are where they are? 100%. I will say that. I think this team can be even better, and I think it all goes through him. It doesn't go through Beal. No. This team can be better. The one thing that I wish that Westbrook would do, and it's not his gameplay because he's become less sloppy with the ball. He still has an errant pass here and there and a bonehead play. He's definitely cut it down a lot, though. Yes, They are a lot more few and far between, definitely. And I will deal with a couple here and there. He needs to learn how to trust his teammates a little bit more. I think that distribution of the ball, your volume of assists and things like that are going into the low post to a role player like Lopez. I think that's an issue. I think he needs to trust Rui. I think he needs to trust Bertans. And hopefully with Beal out, if there is one benefit to it, he's not going to have a choice but to trust some of these other players that he didn't have to trust in the past. But yes, I think that he has become better as the season has gone on. He's one of the better point guards in the East right now over the last month and a half, no doubt. And he has done what he needs to do to put this team in position to make the playoffs. Absolutely. At the beginning of the season, I wouldn't care less if the guy just 
you know, fell off the face of the earth. Now he's a catalyst for this team where they need to be. He would have been more of a loss, I think, the way they're playing right now and the way he's playing right now, if he had gone down with a hamstring with the last two weeks than Beal. I'll be honest hmm. about it. It's an interesting take there, Noel. I'm honest. No, no, I know. You talked about earlier in the season, totally different player. Yeah. And it's been said that he was playing through a torn quad. So that explains why he looked like he'd never touched a basketball before. I mean, the guy should have sat out and he didn't. And I still don't understand why. There was no explanation of why he was missing back-to-backs, all that kind of stuff. Just let him sit. Can you imagine how much more ahead right now this team would be if they would have just let him or if he would have allowed himself to sit? Because I think it's, that's what it really was. He didn't want to sit well, out a game. Brooks Duracell isn't going to tell him to sit. Yeah, right. That Jesus. pussy. He ain't going to do a damn thing. I mean, especially to Westbrook. How do you have a partially torn quad and play through that? And how did it heal? He played with it. He had a left quad injury at Houston, a torn one. And then it finally healed up after the bubble shit. And then he tore the other one. He's been playing on two different torn quads for the last two years. It's not like it just all of a sudden happened. One on one leg, one on the other leg. He was doing his best to fight through it. And yes, obviously, as the season has progressed, his legs strengthened, his speed came back. Is he Westbrook of old when he gets to the basket? No. Is he going to slam it down and all that shit? No. But he definitely is night and day compared to what he was at the beginning of the year. No, he had that one game where he had that alley-oop that was fucking awesome. And he got up higher than I've seen him all year. So he's, he still has it. I don't know. if I'm not saying he does it on a consistent basis, but well, he can I mean, still Ish do it. Dunk the shit out of the ball once, too. What are we talking about? <laughs> they all can do it. Well, I'm just saying it's not like white men can't jump. I wish he had a little bit better touch around the basket, but that's just who he no, is. You know? uh, hey, every player has deficiencies, yeah. and right now, he's right for this team. This team is going to get better through him, not through Beal. Beal is a volume guy. Beal is an ISO guy. Beal right now is in the midst and tunnel vision of this scoring title, which yeah. unfortunately for him, he got injured. But to be frank, fortunately for him, fortunately <laughs> for him, not that it's an excuse, but it'll be a valid one. Curry was going to win the damn thing anyway. Okay, the way well, no, he was rolling. I think it could be beneficial to him. Now he doesn't have to score anymore. What if Curry has a few games that are 20 points? Curry only has to average 25 points a game over the remainder of the season to win the scoring title, Matt. It's over. Well, Unless no, we'll, he has we'll one game where he blows out his knee and scores two points. That's the only <laughs> way that Beal was going to win the scoring title. It was over. Curry was on the rise. And that tweet that you sent me from the NBA that... Uh, Kent Bazemore on Curry, which was kind of hilarious, actually. He says, 49 points in 29 minutes, that's unreal. We got guys hurting hamstrings to keep up. <laughs> I mean, if we weren't fans of the Wizards, and if the roles were reversed, we'd be like, eh, kind of true. <laughs> well, and that's the same day that Beal scored 50 points and fucked up his hamstring. Yeah. So, yeah, Curry was player watching, whatever you want to call it, stat watching. So I don't know if he was stat watching halfway through the second quarter and and already had bombed 10 threes, Matt. He knew the score when he was sitting on the bench for the entire fourth quarter because they were up by 40. And I will tell you this, when Beal went into halftime and he had that 50-point game and he had Jack, he had like 14 points or whatever, at halftime he knew, damn, I've got to pick this shit up. But, hey, the Wizards need Beal. Obviously, yes, there is a silver lining here again, going back to if Westbrook can learn to trust some of the other players around him, maybe this will give them a nice foundation of, okay, we've got a, B and C pieces, alternate shots between Westbrook Beal, Westbrook Beal and God help us Lopez. Lopez. Well, last time we talked about Westbrook, you were saying 
you gave me those stats about his plus minuses. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe he heard the show or something, because ever since then, he's been a runaway train with this. But the last five games, I don't know if you've seen this, his plus minus, he had plus 21 when he played the Pacers. The game after that, plus two, plus eight, plus four. And then yesterday, he had minus one. Right. I know everybody, a lot of people say that he's just padding stats and everything, but and in some cases, he is. Yes. You know, you say that every player, he's always passing it down low to Lopez and that kind of thing. And that's that's padding his stats for his assists. But my argument to that is that if it's working, you just keep doing it till it stops working. And I know your hatred for Lopez, but that hook shot is still pretty much unstoppable. I don't know why you don't have a hatred for Lopez. No, I, I hate him on the defensive end. On the offensive end, whatever. If it's going in, it's going in. Matt, please don't defend Lopez on the offensive side of the ball because he, because he has a soft touch on a hook shot. There is a reason why a guy of Lopez's caliber has a career average of about eight points a game, Matt. He didn't just all of a sudden become some miraculous player. Westbrook makes dog shit centers better because in the manner in which he plays because he likes to dump it down low. There is no reason why Lopez should be playing more than 10 to 12 minutes a game because that's what he's done the majority of his career. No, and I totally agree with that. And it's affecting Gafford as well. Gafford should be playing 25 minutes a game. Exactly. And when you're talking about Lopez offensively, they become stagnant more. They don't have a free-flowing offense. Even Beal becomes stagnant. There's no reason why they should be running post-up isos for Lopez. I don't care if he has Kareem's hook, okay? And that is short-term thinking. If it's working for a couple times down the court, fine. But the bill always comes due. Yeah. It always comes due. Whether it's him, whether it's Neto, whether it's Ish, whether it's Hutchison, These guys should be playing minimal minutes. If they give positive results, thank you, sir. I appreciate your service. Go sit on the bench. We're going to finish this off for you. Thank you for bringing us back in the game. That's what these guys need to be. Gafford, you brought him in for a reason. He's a difference maker. He brings high energy. He was a plus nine yesterday, you know, and And he he always is. He didn't play enough. And that's on Brooks. When they brought him in in the fourth quarter, five minutes left. He's like the closer. He's like bringing the righty or something. It's so stupid. Right. If you're going to take a positive, like you said, if Beal is out for the next couple weeks, you got to try to make a final push here. I think they're pretty much in at mathematically, of course, but to finish strong, to have confidence with this team that it's not waiting for Beal to come back and to show Bertans and to show Rui hey, these are pieces that we have to build on. This is a representation, this team right now, without Beal in the lineup to say, okay, this is approving the organization wrong and people like me to say, what's the future of this organization looking like minus Beal and or Westbrook? Yeah. So Bertans should not be taking five shots before the fourth quarter. He just shouldn't. You're paying the guy Buku money. Rui should not be playing until the final five minutes and coming in with Gafford. All they talked about before the Atlanta game, for example, was Rui's got to be the man now that Beal's out. Rui's got to be the man. Well, he didn't play half of the third quarter and half of the fourth. If he's supposed to be the man second to Beal and Westbrook, he should be playing 40 damn minutes, man. You would think. You would think. He played 28 in this game. Right. and um, Not enough. The bench players were all positive and plus minuses. Every single starter, we're all in the negatives. So that's something. What, but what do I, you see the outlook for the remainder? 
Well, this Beal thing hasn't helped for sure, but I think they're probably going to be stuck in the 10th. I don't know if they'll be able to beat Atlanta in the next game, which sucks because, I mean, I was hoping that Charlotte game, last game of the season, would kind of be the deciding right. game to see who's going to get the eighth spot. I'd be really surprised if they were in that position at that point. But another thing that sucks is that if Beal's off for a week and a half or two weeks, you know, inevitably there's going to be some kind of rust and they don't have time, time for, for that, that shit. shit. Right. You know, they lose one game, they're out with this play-in game, right? I think, like you said, it could help with him out, but I think it's not the time for this right now. No, a couple of weeks ago would have been okay where they could have Perfect. tweaked it a little bit, gotten their bearings, you're right. And then all of a sudden, Buell comes back in, he gets his legs under him again, He's back to where he was, especially with a hamstring injury. God only knows. Right. And especially the way that he plays. But it could be a positive also for him to calm down and also see what's going on around him to say, okay, scoring title is done. I ain't winning it. Yeah. And that's honestly, that tweet is kind of true. I think he was really pressing for the scoring title. I think at one point the season was in the balance. And I think he said, fuck it, got to win at something. And I think it got to that point. They started to win games on top of it. He's like icing on the cake. So now it's dead and buried, most likely, that Curry's going to win it. Now you can kind of move on with your life. It reminds me of this, Matt. Mm. We used to play Tecmo Super Bowl, right? Yes. And (laughs) speaking of packing stats... You know, you'd pick a guy and you'd be like, I'm running for 2,000 yards this year. Or I'm going to yeah, or I'm gonna run, you know, pass for 6,000 yards with Dan Marino. Whatever the hell it is. And you would do that up until, like, you'd run the ball backwards sometimes just to get more yardage. Now you just want to win. But once you hit the playoffs, <laughs> then it's like, all right, now I can start distributing it out. I don't need to give receptions to so-and-so. And, and now it doesn't really matter if Dan Marino passes for 200 yards, whatever. I'm going to divvy it up and I'm going to play a real offense. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense to people. Makes sense to me. Yes, and that's who I was going for. I want the (laughs) audience sometimes. Hopefully, that's Beal's mindset going in. It said, okay, that part of the season is done. The triple-double shit with Westbrook is done. Now let's hone in and see if we can come together as a core and finish strong over the next few weeks. Well, the stat speaks for itself. Anytime he scores 40 points, they don't win. When he scores 50, they win. It's, It's very odd. But the thing about it is... If he's sitting around 27, 28 points a game, that is a a sweet spot. And if they're being successful, it means that other players are getting involved. And that's what they really need to do. Beal needs to make a concerted effort when he's in double, triple teams to pass off. You've got other guys on the team that, that can be very successful, just scoring titles a wrap. And like you said, hopefully... The motivating factor is no longer there for that, and he can just just play and see what happens. But I don't want to see Russell Westbrook's triple-doubles go away because I think that that's a catalyst for what they've done. And I don't think that it's a stat-padding thing. I just think that it's... Sure. I don't want to see him stop getting 25 assists a game, 21 no, a no, game, no. 18. I think at times... Here's where the stat-padding part, and then we can... You know, we've we've talked about this triple double shit. I'm so sick of talking about it, to be honest with you. I think everybody's sick of hearing about it. JK isn't. That's for damn sure. (laughs) But I think that just like you talked about where Beal, if he sometimes if he scores that twenty five to twenty eight point range, the team plays better as a team. I -hmm. think they're better defensively when Westbrook says, Okay, I don't need to grab twenty boards in the fourth quarter after he already has his triple-double and he starts pressing out on those guards on the three-point line and starts playing like a guard plays, 
this team helps. A lot of times these centers, these poor centers, Gafford or Lynn or, or even Lopez at times, are hung out to dry in the middle of the court and what, because Westbrook's, like I've said before, ass to ass with them in the lane. And you notice a different intensity because he's a good defender. Yeah, he when is. he plays out on the perimeter and he presses these guys and he's not worried about helping out with boards. After he has his 15 boards and it's like five minutes left in the fourth quarter, it's like, all right, let's dance with these guards and let's make them work. Well, I don't think that he's thinking in terms of now I've got my 15 boards. I think he's just, he clamps down defensively. So not, not to get into Westbrook bashing mode, but so does he think about it after the guard already has 35 points with five minutes left in the game after they've bombed seven threes? Like when, when should he start thinking about it, Matt? I'm just saying most of these players, if you look around the league, do not play defense the entire game. Except it's like they're all all star games. They play defense the last five minutes of the game if they're oh, in. Oh, no, no. I totally agree with you. But he's not even fighting through screens or anything as sometimes at the beginning of the game. Sometimes you don't even. Well, see- I think that's Brooks coaching no, no, not to yeah, fight yeah. through screens. No, we, 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 I've never seen a team switch off so much in my life. If I see Bertans on a fucking point guard <laughs> one more time on ice skates, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. Uh, well, hey, you were, we were complaining when it was the wall Gortat switch off. Oh, here, here it is again. So it must it have been hey, Brooks. I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> that part's never going to change. We're always going to see some poor big man on an island getting screwed (laughs) (laughs) to brooks next year because i'm sure he'll be here you know most definitely if anything you know it's been a revitalization of westbrook which has been a good thing for the wizards at the final stretch but also you got to take the good with the bad matt brooks (laughs) is back there's no way he won't be back (laughs) fuck my life all right well up next our interview with washington football team fan of the year josh was strong so stick around for that Sick of competing against thousands of professional bettors with algorithms? What about spending all day analyzing salary caps and lineups using other daily fantasy sites? Then you should try Monkey Knife Fight. Amazing name, by the way. I've used most, if not all the other sites, and trust me, I just stop because I don't have time to put all that work in. MKF is easy to play. MKF offers all of the major sports, plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR. You can pretty much bet on anything your little heart desires. MKF offers fun contests that are super easy to play. For example, there's a game called More or Less. Simply pick more or less on different player props. Think Patrick Mahomes. Will he go over his 288 and a half yard number? Select more. Think Lamar Jackson. Will he stay under his 212 and a half yard number? Select less. Get both right and win. Simple, right? We're getting old. The less we have to think about, the better. I've been using this site personally for the last few months, and it's so user-friendly. And honestly, it's made me actually care about what happened in, for example, the Rockets Magic game the other night. Quite possibly the least interesting game in the NBA this year. So go to monkeyknifefight.com and use our promo code BELTWAY, and you get a free $5 game just for signing up. No strings attached, I promise. You also get a first-time depositor bonus, which they cover 100%. Deposit $10, you get $10 free. Deposit $100, you get $100 free. This offer is not going to last long, so tap the link in the episode description and sign up, again, using our promo code BELTWAY. So easy, even a drunk monkey could do it. Empire. Okay, so let's bring in the Washington football team 2020 fan of the year, Josh Strong can follow Joshua, by the way, on Twitter, brand new Twitter account. So he's getting used to this. But Joshua Stracha 11 
Uh, I'll put it on the uh, the summary so you guys can just tap it and it'll be a little bit easy for you there. But it's not actually the whole his whole last name. So it can be a little confusing. Again, new to Twitter. So we're not going to hold it against you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. That. Happy to help. But thank you for coming on. We're, we're really excited to have you. A little bit different than what we're used to having, having another fan. You know, we were just really impressed with your announcement at the draft. So I was more impressed with the moonwalk. Well, the moonwalk was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I think I you think kept I, it straight, man. That was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think uh, and Rich Eisen loved it. I mean, the commentating that they did on that it was so I mean, good. They were probably in their minds thinking because you know it's it's entertainment, right? That's what it's supposed to be. In their minds, they were probably thinking, "Thank God, someone's coming out here with a little personality." Because yeah, now I can right. sit, sit here and talk about something other than this random fifth, sixth, seventh round thing, or whatever, and just going yeah. off the you know, board over with the 128th pick, you know, something like yeah. that. They're like, Oh, great. Finally, some good television here. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to rip into this guy and, you know, <laughs> tell him he shouldn't fall down. How many times you practice that? Didn't practice at all. Yeah. Dude, I just went straight out and did it, man. <laughs> straight out and did it. Well, so I have a background. I, mean, I, I did professional wrestling. You know, I got trained when I was 16. I went from 16 until 29. So 13 really? years. Yeah, professional wrestling business. Had my most recent match was back in 2019. Probably, maybe we'll do something here and there. But I mean, I never became like big or anything, obviously. Um, but, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a lawyer. So like that takes up my time. Sure. That's my job. Yeah. So, I mean, like I just channeled my inner entertainer right there because, you know, wrestlers, athletes, and they are sports. Yeah. I mean, it lathered you all up. You were ready to go. Yeah. Oh, I was ready to go. I that. This was easy for you. Oh, it was so easy. Why didn't you, you and the macho fan have like a, a little <laughs> brawl or something? That guy was awesome, by the way. You were great. great. But the, the macho fan was I mean, good. I thought I was watching Randy Savage. It was it was an amazing thing. It was great. He was great, you know, and that but the mask. The, the big difference, the difference between what he was doing and what I was doing is like think about it like it's like the difference between opening the show or being on the main event. Right. 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 I like it vice versa in this situation. He's the main event, even though he's opening the show. But he's the main event, so he's getting all the TV time. They're producing him. They're going to make sure that he gets over, and he's going to really get into it as well. He's a super fan. Me, I like – they're like, you got a minute, kid. Go out there and whatever. Right. <laughs> just don't <laughs> fall down. Just don't screw it up. Yeah, just don't don't fall down, which it didn't, and uh, just make sure you read everything off the card. All right? Now, bye. See you. Yeah, right. Yeah. So- be that's a future match, one of the indie shows. Dude, you know, yeah, I actually you know. I, I think there's money in that. Absolutely, big money. There's money in that. We could do something where he's like out there, he's getting ready to announce a pick, and like I cut him off, like they do, like old school wrestling. You know, on the mic, and someone interrupts him, you know, and I'm coming out there cutting a promo on him, like you know what, you come out here running around. I think they should do a 32 man fan of the year tournament, <laughs> annual <laughs> tournament every year. What about a battle royal? Yeah, or a battle royal, Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Something to that effect. You know, sorry if that's not correct for everybody, but yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. The only problem is, is like when you think about someone like Mama Blue, she was the Seattle Seahawks fan of the year. Wonderful woman, sweetest woman you'll ever get to meet. I met her virtually and, and talked to her a little bit. Um, she's also like in her eighties and has, you know, she, she, she has some big sicknesses. So like putting her in a match, like kind of seems like a, <laughs> that would be a good idea. <laughs> it seems like a bad idea though. I would sell for her like crazy. I'd be like, mama, just hit me. Just do a good, 
punch in the face. I'll just like sell it like crazy. Like you knock me that, out. Hey, Noel, that's a wrestling term selling, meaning yeah. that you're yeah, acting yeah. like you're getting hit. He did the punch there. Yeah. So I got it. I'm like, mama, just give me, just give me some good nuts to the chin. Put it right there in the side of the chin. Don't do it. Don't do it to the chin right there in the side of the jaw, you know, and then I'll just like go back. She's an offensive player. Yeah. Not much defense left in her, but I mean, I'm sure she could give a good wallop. Exactly. Exactly. Bigger purse, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. There you go. There you, go. you know, I'm boring Noel right now. He, yeah. He, thank you. <laughs> he loves wrestling so much. Yeah. But, but <laughs> since we're talking about that, everybody knows at this point that I'm a big wrestling fan. Noel's a closet wrestling fan. Don't let him fool you. He'll never admit it. Yeah. But, 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Well, regardless, <laughs> um, I couldn't help but notice your homage to Triple H at the very beginning. DX Triple H at the beginning yeah. of your, the announcement. You had an idea of what you were going to say, right? That didn't just come out of your mouth. Yeah, it came down to two things. Um, About a minute before, the process started when they told me I was coming to Cleveland and they told me I was going to make a draft announcement. Like, process started then. And I was like, how am I going to do this? What do I want to do? So everything that I want to do, I'm thinking about every idea I could possibly can. And I have not, I've only narrowed things down by the time I get on, like, right there on stage and I walk out. And it came down to two. It was the one I actually did. And um, the second one was Cleveland. Are you ready? <laughs> that would have been great too. That would have been great, but here's the problem: there's a follow up with that, and I can't expect the audience from a from a professional give a shit, right? Yeah, <laughs> they might have said "fuck you." Or yeah, something. <laughs> yeah they'd be like, I don't, I don't know what they're going to say back to that. They might just cheer me. They they may not even know what that reference is, and That's so like, there you go. And then if they do know what the true reference is, like. At Cleveland, let's get ready to, you know, and it's yeah, like, right. nah, we're, let's listen, family show, guys, family show, you know, PG. <laughs> let's get ready to, like, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> whereas what I actually did, actually, what's really nice about what I actually ended up announcing is that it rolls right into what I had to say anyways. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. I loved it. Well, let's get down to uh, the nitty gritty here. Mm-hmm. The most important question and what our fans want to know, did you get to sit in Goodell's chair? I could have. I absolutely could have. I walked right past it. Oh. it was on stage. Good and for you. Good for you. Good for you. On the stage. That was really his chair. I didn't sit in it because here's what's funny about it. So I thought about sitting in it. I thought it'd be cool to sit in it. Look at that chair. I'm like, that thing is janky looking and it looks like a piece of crap. Right? Like, yeah, there's like holes and rips in it and everything. And I'm like, like who the hell do you think you are bringing this piece of shit onto the stage and expecting <laughs> people to sit in chair. it? It's his yeah. actual chair. So that's confirmed. That's what I was going to ask you. Because I, I was thinking it was a like a, prop. a replica. No. A prop. Yeah. No, that's the real deal. So I'm like, look, the way that thing looked, I just didn't want to even think about what else could have happened to that chair. Where well, plus <laughs> Barrel Man and all that, people without shirts and shit have sat in it already. Who the hell wants to sit in that yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah you've and, been through three rounds already at that right. point. I mean, God, like when, when Goodell was forced to be in his basement for the 2020 draft, he probably like farted in it like a million times. That's you know? the best case scenario. <laughs> That's the yeah. best case scenario. <laughs> well, yeah, like, who knows who the hell's been in that thing, man? Busting ass. He's got a lot of money to watch people in that chair. Exactly. So I was like, not sitting in it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Well, that was a smart move. So we were talking about all those fans and apparently there's some kind of a secret society. You're talking to Seahawks lady and you're going to have that forever though, right? You're always going to have that 2020 mm-hmm. super fans of your team. So mm-hmm. it's like a fraternity, but I wanted to say, did you see that insane Cowboys fan 
that was over there that basically looked like she was on drugs or something, like next to Goodell. She had the full leather garb on. No, oh, she was a no, nutcase. Did not see her. Did not see her. Oh her on God. TV, but did not. I think she it. was one of the first round ladies. She was, yeah. yeah. How do you become the fan of the year, especially with, ironically enough, this year with no, fans. no fans? <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's it's brand new. Actually, they started. They just started doing this last year during 2020. So I'm sure the NFL even feels like, damn, this sucks. You know, like the first year we were on fan of the year, we're not going to have fans in the stands. Um, so every team chooses their own fan of the year. There's an application process. My fiance filed an application for me, never told me about it. Oh, and really? I, I get, no, she, it was a complete surprise. Um, she didn't tell anybody and I didn't find out until a surprise Zoom call. It was a pretty cool way to kind of get told your fan of the year. And if you talk to any one of us, most of us have that same story, except for Mama Blue. John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, called her. Mama Blue is big folklore in, in, in Seattle fan base, by the way. Um, she's regularly lifting the 12th man flag there at the Seahawks stadium. But so anyways, he calls her up and apparently he tells her to go outside. And she goes outside, looks up in the air, and he has rented a freaking plane to fly over a house with a banner that says, you're our fan of the year. I was just like, I'm assuming Dan Snyder didn't do that for you. No, 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 no. I got a little TV spot. Oh, I actually didn't even talk to Dan. It was yeah. uh, Donaldson, the VP of media. Yeah, Wi-Fi is not great, um, you know, on the yachts. <laughs> on those yachts. On those yachts in the middle of the European well, What did you do? Like a Zoom audition? I mean, did everybody – how did they designate that you were the guy? So, as Taylor tells me, it was really like cover letters detailing your fandom. Imagine, like, submitting your application for a job, resume cover letter. Who's Taylor, your fiancé? Taylor's my fiance. So you only are marrying her because her name is Taylor, I'm assuming. No, actually, no? Courtney. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <my Taylor. laughs> so you changed her name to Taylor. No. I see what's going on. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead, though. No, it's all good. Uh, yeah, so all that really happened from there on out was she would get an occasional email letting her know that I would, I, my story, my fandom had made it into the next round. There's just a consistent screening, but there was nothing that I had to do on my end. To, well, what sets you apart from other fans that applied? So I would say probably my story, you know, and that's what they, that's what they were going for. Like they're going for people with stories. Like there's like this very subjective bracket of like the NFL was looking for 33% community engagement, 33% passion of fandom and 33% story or something like that. Well, let's hear it. What was the sales pitch? So um, I grew up a fan with my mom and my mom died when I was 16. Oh, um, I became an emancipated minor and my first decision was to drop out of high school. And then I was a degenerate for the next two years of my life. I had a coming to Jesus meeting one time with my grandmother. She was like, boy, what are you going to do? While she smacked me upside the head with a, with a phone book, like get your life together. And um, so then I you know, got my, my bachelor's degree. Then eventually went to law school. I had two licenses, practice law. So, I mean, um, that story, that progression, you know, my dad died before I was born. I was in and out of children's homes. Wow. Um, so I also participate a lot with children's homes as well, trying to mentor them and then my fandom. You know, I used to live in Raleigh, so I'd season ticket holders for my brother. And him and I would get up at 5 o'clock. Well, we'd get up at 4.30 in the morning and be on the road by 5 so that we could be at the stadium by 10. Wow, that's awesome. So long as DC traffic, yeah. we'd somewhat cooperate. <laughs> so you, basically, you had to check these boxes off in order to mm -hmm. get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the story that she kind of... That's really projecting. cool, man. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. 
I'm Byron Kerr, your host for the Curly W Podcast. Join me on the Curly W for the very latest on the Washington Nationals. We'll give you an inside look as to what's happening with the Nats right now and give you also a chance to visit with Nats players and coaches, present and past, to tell you what it's like and what they hope to accomplish with the Nationals. From Fredericksburg to Nats Park, West Palm Beach to Rochester, Wilmington to Harrisburg, it's all Nats baseball. Subscribe to Curly W wherever you get your podcasts. Another great show from Empire Media. Hello, it's Tyler Roman, former NFL scout and host of the Roman on the League podcast. Every week, I update my mock draft that not only looks at the best players available, but the needs for all first-round teams. The draft board keeps changing with all the movement this year, so tune into my show, Roman Around the League. That's R-O-M-A-N, Around the League podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and check out all of the great shows from Empire Media. Empire. Going back to the draft part of it. Yeah. Did they prep you before you went out there and did they go down the list of things that you were going to say or yeah, uh, things you t- can and can't things say you can and, and can't like say and say, look, don't go out there and make a fool of yourself or nope. us. Mm-hmm. No, well, they didn't do that to anybody. The, the only thing, the really? only question they know. I would have. Well, you could tell with a couple of yeah. them, you know. Well, okay. So like, for example, like two cans, Dan, the uh, Houston Texans fan of the year, the, the Texans sent him beer. They just send him beer every week or something like that. It's crazy. Um, good good so, that they're enabling him. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, that's what two cans in, you know? Maybe they enabled Watson, too. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't see it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, hey, two cans. You know, we know you like to get riled up and everything and get fired right. up. Right. I mean, somebody goes out there and, you know, does some political statement or drops yeah. the F-bomb. If he had beers, he should have done the Boom. Stone Cold, oh, right? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, right. Yeah. Always cycles back, huh? Always, <laughs> Always cycles, cycles back. back. Well, but, if I have somebody who knows what I'm talking about, I, I have to talk I about I know that. what the stone cold smashing oh, the beers you? thing no, is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He never got an ounce in his mouth, but yeah. <laughs> All I saw was wasting beer when I saw him doing that shit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. He yeah. A lot of beer. In his heyday, when he was really getting up there, he was using like Natty Ice. So, I mean, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Sure. Probably uh, the worst beer ever created. Yeah. And at that time, you know, we're talking about the late 90s, like 98, 99. You're talking like probably an 18 pack was like nine bucks. <laughs> yeah. <he> was, <laughs> you know, and when he goes in periodically, now he drinks his own beer. He drinks the IPA, the broken skull. He has IPA. his own beer. I, yeah. yeah. It's an IPA. It it's an, an IPA. IPA. Yeah. That's oh the one God. thing I want to. And he chugs that shit. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm like, no, bro. Yeah. No. <laughs> Hey, as a fan, after a loss or a win or anything like that, have you like really, as an adult, we're not talking about as a kid, as a heartbreaking loss when you started to develop into a fan. Have you been so invested that there was just that heartbreaking loss that you were just completely demoralized and had had to shut yourself in a dark room for a day? Are you projecting, Noel? Yes. Yes, I am. New Year's Day, 2017, we're playing the Giants. You have to win and get in. Had to bring that up. Yep. Kirk Cousins playing on his first franchise tag. The Giants are already in the playoffs. They're they're not helping their seed out in any way. They're going as number five seed no matter what. They're not playing for shit. It was the first ever game that I got to attend. Oh, wow. Fresh out of law school. I grew up watching this team with my mom. Uh, we never went to a game because, you know, she just couldn't. This is the first time in my adult life that I could afford a fucking ticket. <laughs> and I was like, this is perfect. Like, this is essentially playoff football, you know? 
Like it's just set up for success. Just, and just let them win. Just let them win. What are you doing? Why are you pressing Giants? Well, what are you doing? I don't know. And man. that was brutal. But at least they got the shit kicked out of them the next week because they didn't rest their players. Right. right. A, that, a big that, reason yeah. for that. Yeah. I think they played the Packers the next week and they just got annihilated. Yeah, they got eviscerated the next yeah. week. Yeah. Couldn't have happened to a better team. So There's also that scandal because um, all the wide receivers um, with oh, yeah. OBJ went down to Miami the very next day to party on a boat or something like that. That added it to it as well. For sure. People were like, why are you got a game? You're playing the playoffs. Like, you know, you can party when you win the Super Bowl, bro. No, they just made sure to destroy our season um, and, yeah. then, and then go go party after that. Yeah, What'd you so- do with all your Redskins paraphernalia? You had to buy new shit. You've become fan of the year. I mean, be honest, I don't even have a Washington football anything yet. Who would buy such a thing? It's Everybody knows that it's not going to be the name anyway. Who would waste money? How'd you feel about the name change? Um, I'm, I'm probably in a minority in that I actually, though I hated to see it go, I welcomed the, yeah. the change. As did I. What I liked about wel- welcoming the change is that we really wanted to change, or at least that was the message being put well, across. Forced to change. Yeah. When money's well, involved, well, it's a it's a wrap. Well, going back to the Ron hiring, right? Like we've all seen new head coaches come in here and Dan be like, Yeah, we want to change. We want to do things better. Then it's the same story, different day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you could start to see something a little different, like, okay, this is different mm-hmm. than what we've seen. And then you change the name, and then you go through the season and have the success you had in the season. And then you go through what we're doing now in free agency in the draft. Like this is all part of the change and it's nice. Um, so I'm, I welcome it, like retire the old. And what do you want um, the name to be? Have you made a decision? I want to stay because now like think about my announcement. Like, God, you got so much gold there. You have no idea what you can do with that type of promotion. If you focus in on like really owning the name like that and being proud of it like that. Does it bother you that people that cover the team or national people will put football team just out of spite? Oh, yeah. Football team. Yeah. The Washington. Yeah. Like the name is Washington. Mm-hmm. Give me a break here. Yeah. They don't call Liverpool football club. OK. Right. They call them Liverpool. Yeah. They do it to be completely they do condescending. It to be a dick. Yeah. I mean, that's why they yeah. do it when they put it on the bottom of a screen football team. Nobody right, calls yeah. any no, of these places right. that have football club or anything else on the end. That's just part of what the entire club is. It is an entity. The team is still Washington. The team is still Liverpool. The team is still Manchester Mm -hmm. United. It's not Manchester United football. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, take Washington football team out of it. What would be your second choice? Because there's a lot of horrific choices out there that they, I'm sure, threw your way to. In some ways, I don't like any of them. I can find reasons why. I guess I really like... I, okay, so I really love the Native American homage, right? I really enjoy that. You could even get rid of the logo. I, I feel like you could still do something with the Native American homage. And so I was really liking um, the Washington co-talkers. I don't know if you heard about that. The grandson. No. Um, Doesn't really roll off the tongue, though. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Well, I mean, Man, you can find a backstory on all yeah. these fucking names I mean, that I they've come it. up with. I, I don't know it doesn't mean that it's good. Yeah, yeah, you can, right. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Wichimaki Waka. I mean, I'm sure they have one out there that's like that too. <laughs> hey, 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 settle down over there. No, <laughs> I think the Red Wolves. The Red Wolves are certainly easy. Um, it does roll off mm-hmm. the tongue. It's cool. I think if you go Red Wolves, um, I just get a little concerned about how much you can stay stuck with the cannot Burgundy and Gold. And we all know that's one thing we do not. I painted my walls Burgundy. That, change if they change that, gold. we got a big problem on our hands. You know, you're just going to have to burn the house. Now. <laughs> I might have to. 
the thing is, is that it's red wolves, right? Like I understand the name used to be red skins, but we were still the burgundy and gold. And the, the red was to refer to the skin color of more of like a, a burgundy. Well, I don't think red wolves are red, red, red. I wolves. mean, you don't we're see ruby a- red, red wolves walking down the right. street. I just think I get a little concerned about like how far they're going to push the red part of it. The argument could be made. You were saying about the uh, Native American, whatever you were saying. What, what was it again? The, oh, code talkers. Code talkers. I think it's code talkers, code breakers or something like that. Don't you think that they are trying to go as far away from any kind of Native American, you know, mascots or whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that yeah. you're you're digging your own grave on that one. I no. mean, they need to stay as far away as they can. On no, that. I no, yeah. I agree with you. I was just stating for my purposes, I liked the Native American homage. No, like, me too. I, I, yeah, I would love homage. them to try to find some type of variation of that. But logistically, at this point for them, it makes no sense. They need to just move on into a complete. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. On, just get keep, rid of it. Just keep the name you have or either either keep football team or change it to football club and you're done. Well, they just and here's the thing, guys. I really hope they don't change it. And I am fairly certain that if they do change it, it's 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 not gonna be too different from what they have right now because I just went to the stadium on day one of the draft, FedEx Field for the old draft party. And number one, you're gonna love it if you go there. They have done a really good job with what they have, right? Because that stadium mm-hmm. is in a horrible location and it, no. it was built cheaply, and there's a reason why it is the worst stadium in football, and that's objectively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um they have turned they've got a huge like 20 yard length bar now. Oh, do they? Yeah. They took, I think it was the south end where it used to be like a little Bud Light area with like a circular bar, but real small and then just like opened and the little standing area. No, no, no. They ripped that all out and they put a whole 20 yard length bar and it's a completely open patio space now. Oh, that's with, cool. With seating and everything that you can like watch. The- that concerns me though because it's, I mean, that's cool, but it's not oh. a baseball game. Right. There's eight games a year. Yeah. In that stadium. You can't watch the damn thing from your seat. You got to sit oh, there at a bar the, like the, above the bar. If you're like in like a big old sports bar or casino or something like that, they have the, these giant screens above it. So like if you are sitting there or you're waiting for a drink, you're watching the game. Oh, I get it. But I, I just it's don't cool, understand. Man. If you're a real fan, if you're, if you're like, us, we're not there. Right. No. I mean, I'm there to watch the game, not to not to have the sit- experience. Yeah. yeah I'm there like, to experience the football game. And that shows where where the fan base is yeah. and where we are at this point. I mean, they couldn't fill Well, they're the just stadium. trying to stay competitive with the other big stadiums that are coming out that are everything's yeah, like everything's like Disney the, a- World now. <laughs> Everything yeah, yeah. has to be wherever you turn, there's something to do. Right. You just, Instead you of just it. saying, All right, here's a tunnel, here's a hallway. I need to walk down to get to my seat. Mm. Now there's bells and whistles everywhere as you walk. Oh my right. God, look at this restaurant. Mm. Shit, like some of them have like Ramsey restaurants in them now. Yeah. It, it's insane. And so but what I was going with that is when you go in there, not only do you see all those um renovations that they've done. Um, they have plastered that thing with Washington football team and repainted everything. I heard that they spent millions upon millions of dollars on that. And that wasn't the smartest, especially nobody was in the stadium except for like one game when you had like a thousand people, whatever. So I completely agree. I was thinking the exact same thing. You put that kind of money in. They could have put like virtual emblems on like they do on the court of Wizards games. They could have just done nothing. nothing. Just put a plastic thing over any kind of original logo. You didn't have to do it on every single seat. Well, regardless of if they change the name or they don't, don't, you're the inaugural football team fan of the year, man. You 2020. are. Can never take that away. You can never you. take that away, regardless yeah. if they change it to uh, right. Witchy Wachi Wuchu yeah. or whatever the hell they want to <laughs> change right. it to. You're always right. going to be the football team first guy and right. could be last. All right.
Uh, but Joshua, thank you so much for coming on. I know you've got a lot of things going on. You're, you're a wanted man these days, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. So, congrats. Yeah. Thank congrats. So and uh, enjoy your, your time in the sun here. And again, please follow Joshua at Joshua Stracha at 11 at Twitter. I'll change on Twitter. Uh, do you have anything else you want to promote that uh, I haven't hit? Yeah, yeah, no. The only thing I want to promote is like for everybody who's listening, man, let's, let's just be passionate about this. Thanks again to Joshua Strawn for taking some time out of his day to hang out with us. Yeah, man. It was awesome. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this episode. We're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and our website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you on Friday.